How are you? That's good. Very good. Good to see you guys. You ready for tonight? That's good, because we've just entered into his presence with praise and worship. Now we're going to dive into his word. It's going to be good. You know, you just reminded me, Pastor Mark, of the, of the dog thing on stage. I've got to do it. I've got to bring my dog. But I will wait until he does not do excited peas everywhere. Oh my gosh. Like, it's crazy. There's a dog in church tonight. That's amazing. That's very cool. Well, welcome dogs and all. It's good to have you here. It's, uh, I'm going to bring Chip one day. That'll be so cool. But uh, yeah, he still pees a lot. So, um, man, we can't even touch him for like five minutes after we get home. Hi, Chip. And you got to like walk off. So you, like, even if you could just like, like the tiniest little touch, it's just pees everywhere. It's hilarious. Right. Tonight I'm preaching. There it is. A message that I've entitled The Altar. It's a really long one. I've started doing really long title slides. I did it at the Young Adults uh, Conference at the start of the year. It's like, it's the longest title slide I've ever, like I'm having to explain why I have such a long title slide. I haven't even got the, past the first two words. The altar, the cross, and the throne. And I'm gonna be talking about prayer. And uh, prayer, prayer can be funny sometimes, can't it? It's like, you know those people that pray uh, like really, really long prayers? I just want to interrupt him to say, Jesus said, don't babble on. It's like, I'm pretty sure even he's checked out. He's like, because he already knows what you want before you are. He said, Jesus, it's not what I'm saying. It's biblical. Jesus says that he knows what you want even before you ask him. So don't babble on. It's like Jesus is saying, please don't babble on. Just tell me what you want because I already know. I just want you to humble yourself and come before me. So I can just be a part of your story because I love you. I just want to get in there and do life with you. And uh, prayer can be funny. Then you get the other guys who, uh, they, they're not really praying. They're, they're more so promoting, like their opinion. <laughs> Don't you love that? It's like, man, it just tickles my fancy in prayer meetings. And when you go around the circle, do the Christian thing, you know, around the circle. It's very Christian. I don't know why, it's just Christian. And, um, and uh, you know, they, they get there and they're like, you know, Heavenly Father, you know the need that we have in the church. And uh, God, you've seen what I've seen. And uh, Lord, we, we just need more of what I believe we need. It's like, all right, move on. <laughs> Someone else to start, give a prophetic tongues or something and overpower it or whatever. But uh, prayer is good. Prayer is important. It's a necessity of life because it's how we communicate with our Heavenly Father. And that's literally all it's meant to be, to talk. Just be real. If you're angry with him, be angry. He knows it anyway. If you're upset or frustrated or, or sad and depressed or whatever it might be, he knows anyway. Like, it always freaked me out as a teenager that God sees all. Now, I used to like, to, I, I, I literally almost thought about showering with underwear on. <laughs> but then I realized not even underwear would stop God. And then I, 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 I asked dad one time, I was like, Dad, is it really true? Is it really true that God sees all? And uh, it freaked me out. Doesn't the Bible just freak you out sometimes? It's like, it's, it's true. But, but he knows what we want. But he wants to do life with us because he wants us. He doesn't need us. He wants us. He made us out of love. Love can't help but procreate. That's what love 
does. That's what we're going to do right now. We're going to pray as we open up the Word of God. Would you join me tonight? Jesus, we love you. We love that you left us your Word. God, I pray tonight that it would encourage us, that it would draw us in closer to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You know, James, the brother of uh, Jesus, told us in the, in the Bible, I love it when the Bible just gets really raw. Like I read something this week and I'm waiting for a young adults thing or like an 18 plus service to share it because it's biblical, but it's not necessarily appropriate for Sunday church. But it was absolutely hilarious. And uh, so stay tuned. You'll know. You'll, 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 you'll know when that one comes out. But James said this. He's the brother of Jesus, younger brother of Jesus. Obviously, younger brother, because, you know, Jesus came first. And uh, James said this. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it. Because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. See, the Bible says that you can ask for anything in his name and he'll give it to you. And I believe that if you persist in something long enough, sometimes, not every time, but sometimes God may just give it to you. But it doesn't mean it's his best. You see, if we ask according to his will, we'll get it. And we can believe for that. So ask yourself, well, what have I been asking God lately? Maybe you can't even answer that one because you haven't been asking God for anything lately. Well, ask. Because it's good to ask. Because when you ask God, you can get stuff from God. God's a good person to ask stuff from. When people pray, sometimes they just get caught up in the, the prayer rather than the request. You know, it's like, oh, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, the one who is to come and the, the one who's always been. And Heavenly Father, I just ask that Heavenly Father, you will, you will help me in this need. And Heavenly Father, it's like, can you imagine like, you know, just talking to someone like that? It's like Pastor Mark. Pastor Mark and Pastor Mark. And in the name of Pastor Mark. And Pastor Mark, I just want to really talk to you about this, Pastor Mark. And Pastor Mark, if we could just do this, Pastor Mark, on Tuesday, Pastor Mark. I think this... I think this Pastor Mark would just be an incredible addition to our staff meeting. So Pastor Mark, if it's your will, Pastor Mark. As if God's forgotten his name or something. It's like. Just tell him what you want. You know, the, the, the gospel message is for all. It's for children. And it's for the elderly. It's for everyone in between. It's a simple message. It's a relationship with our Creator. That's the purpose of prayer, to talk, to communicate with Him. You know, there's only one bad prayer. Only one. And that's no prayer. If you don't pray, I want to ask you a question tonight. Has something silenced your prayers? Has something stopped you from praying? Because for the younger ones in the room, it'll, it'll be a number of things. But generally, it's because we haven't yet seen what God can do. And we haven't developed faith, but that can also be to our advantage because we haven't seen God not do something. Sometimes for the, 
older ones in the room, when we've asked and we haven't seen something come through, it creates a little bit of doubt. We start to adjust our prayers. We start to, we start to wonder if, well, maybe it's just not the will of God. I haven't, I haven't seen it happen yet. I've been asking for a while. And it can get to the place where we just stop asking. We just don't want to bother God. Or we just think, well, I don't know. And so we just don't ask him. I believe we need to start asking again. Don't say God's no for him. You know, Pastor Mark often says that to us staff. He's like, don't say people's no for them. Ask. Well, don't, don't say God's no for him. Because what if he says yes? What if he answers that prayer that you have locked up inside of you? Imagine the potential. Imagine the possibility. Imagine that God could do the impossible. Because he can. He can. You know, if I was the, the devil, that'd be something that I'd work really hard to do. To try and silence the prayers of the church. To try and stop people praying. Because that's what we have to use, to achieve, and to do. It's a sword. It actually works. It's not just a cliche statement, I'll pray for you. You can make it a cliche statement if you don't follow through, but prayer is a weapon. It's not just something to communicate with God, it's also something to speak out and to see something happen. Come on, Ephesians 6 says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. If you're going through something in your workplace or something in your family or something in your world, it's not the human being standing before you that is the issue. Because as believers of God, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against the principality and the powers and the rulers of darkness that work behind that situation. So how can you defeat the spiritual? Well, you gotta enter into the spiritual. You gotta pray. You've got to take authority. You've got to speak it out and declare the promises of God. Don't be silent. Let's not be distracted. Come on, don't forget who it is you serve. Don't forget who it is that you are praying to. Don't forget whose ears it is that your prayers fall on. Because he is someone that can do what you're asking him to do. And he can do much, much more than that. I've got a story from the Old Testament that I want to share, and it's, it's of a guy called Joshua. And some of you might know this one. But Joshua is the successor to Moses. Moses did incredible things. He, he, he saw his people come out of Egypt and into the wilderness because God gave him a promise and then backed it up with incredible miracles that the world had never seen. And it was brought out. Initially, God said that, I want you to come out. I want you to come out so you can worship me so they can, can commune with me. We should come out into the wilderness. But then he said, no, nah, that's, that's not it. I just want you out of bondage. I want you out of slavery so that you can come out into the promised land, the land that I will give you, so that we can spend time together. And they come out and lots of different things happen. And one of those young men that came up underneath Moses was Joshua. And he was there, he'd seen it all. He was one of only a few 
that the baton was then handed to to continue the work with the nation of Israel that God had started. And so Joshua's going out into all these battles and conquering land and taking over the places that God said, this is yours and I'm gonna be with you and I'm gonna make sure that you succeed. And sometimes there was issues in the camp with stuff that shouldn't have been there. And then other times there was, you know, treaties made that shouldn't have been made. And sometimes there was doubt. But, but Joshua was a man that had seen God do things. And Joshua still believed that God could do the impossible. He's in the middle of this battle one day, and he knows he's running out of time. Like there's only so much time in the day for war to take place. It gets difficult at night. And so Joshua prays one of the most incredible prayers that's recorded in the Bible. Joshua 10 verse 12 says this, on the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. He said, let the sun stand still over Gibeon, and the moon over the valley of Ajalon. Who prays like that? Seriously, who prays such an audacious prayer? Who, and not just prays it to God, but in front of all the people. He can go away to his secret place in his closet and ask, oh God, oh God, if you can do something for me, I would just love for you to be able to just extend the time of the day. No, no, in front of all the people. On a Friday night, in front of all the youth. In the lunchroom, in, in front of all your colleagues. In front of all the people. He said, let the sun stand still. What an audacious prayer. What a bold prayer. I mean, to, to think that God could do that, it's incredible. What prayer will you pray? What prayers are you gonna start to pray? Will you believe that your God is bigger than what you've made him to be in your life? Because Ephesians 3.20 says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. See, if you wanna see the extraordinary, then you gotta pray prayers that are a little bit more than ordinary. God doesn't wanna just do normal things, common things. You know, if you can do it, then you don't need God. So you're not praying a prayer that God needs to hear. We've got to pray prayers for things that only God can do. Come on. Are you asking God to only meet your needs? It's wrong. As a church, we should not be asking God to meet our needs. We should be asking God to do so much more. So much more. More than enough so that you will lack no good thing, so that there is an abundance. And Jesus said, I haven't come to just give you life. I haven't come to just give you relationship. I haven't come to just give you salvation. I've come to give you life and to give it to you in the fullest, a rich and satisfying life, a life of abundance. That's what God wants us to have. You see, God's already met your needs. God wants us to pray for stuff that we don't need. 
so that we can have 30, 60, 100 fold increase so that we will have more than enough. Why? Because it's not just about you and me. It's not just about us. When we've got more than what we need, we're gonna be able to do so much more for all of the people around us. It's not about you. Tell yourself every morning, it's not about you. When you look at yourself in the mirror in the morning, brushing you, it's not about you today. It's not about you. You see, God wants to bless you and use you to see things happen for you and for all of those around you. It's this principle that stems right back from the, from the Old Testament to, to not gather the overflow, to not harvest the edges of the field. You see, you and I have a source of income. You and I have, have provision from God. We need to live within that. And God says, I want you to leave the edges. I want you to leave that so that the others that, that don't have me in their world or the others that have had some circumstance come along, the poor and the needy, the orphans, the widows, they can come and they can glean from the edges of your land. That's what God set up. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 22, when you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields and do not pick up what the harvesters drop. Leave it for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I and the Lord your God. See, if you gather the overflow, you will live a small life. If you take all of what you have and claim it as your own, that's all you'll ever have. But if you take enough, and you allow the overflow in your life to be accessible by the people around you, you are gonna live a very big life because God's gonna trust you and he's gonna pour out more and more into you. I love that. That God was setting up something, not just for you and I, but something for those around us. Maybe it's those type of prayers that we need to begin to pray. In the New Testament, Peter, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, steps forward in Acts chapter two. It's an incredible moment. He preaches to this, this crowd, and it says that he stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you, follow fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. He steps forward, and he starts to declare about the goodness of God and he starts to preach about Jesus. And he starts to share this incredible message. He believes in what God has asked him to do. He believes that God can do something incredible and he steps out into this moment and just starts to do what God has asked him to do. And look at the result. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day 3,000 in all. You know, there is a world around us that need you and I to believe that we have a God that can do the incredible. You know, they, they, I was chatting to this person just recently at Morayfield, just at the end of themselves. No, no, no concept of how to move forward just literally beside themselves and the attacks of the enemy and, and the things that they've opened up their lives to, their life to. Just this stuff that's come in and taken root and 
just that no hope, lies of suicide and all of this crazy spiritual battle going on. We serve a God that can change that. We serve a God that, that sent Jesus across the lake to the demoniac man and saw them delivered in a moment. That's the God that you and I serve. You and I have the answer and we are able to pray the prayers for the world around us to see them come out of their issues and the strongholds that they are in. And they need us to believe it. The world out there needs the church to believe in who we really are in God. brings me back to the altar, the cross, and the throne. You see, the altar was the place that the fire consumed the offerings, the burnt offerings. People would bring their burnt offerings as a sacrifice so that they could be free of their sin and commune with God. But that was under the old covenant. Jesus came with the cross was crucified, and the Bible says paid a once-for-all-time sacrifice. Once for all time. No sacrifice needed anymore. You don't have to offer a sacrifice to come to God. Because what happened in that moment was that the vow was torn from top to bottom in the temple of God, giving access to you and I into the very throne room of the Father. You don't have to wait any longer to meet with God. You don't have to wait for the right moment. You don't have to be in the right position or the right place. You are able to confidently walk into the very throne room of God and in boldness ask your requests. The Bible wants us to do that. God wants us to do that. We We have the power of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father the power from on high sent down the fire of God living inside of us. We don't have to wait anymore. We're allowed to go into the throne room of God and ask our requests. You don't have to put your prayers on the altar anymore. You can bring them straight to the throne room. There's no no process or, or access restriction to you and I. You're allowed to bring your requests into the very throne room of God and And when you pray, you can pray with faith. You can pray with faith. Your prayers are not falling on ears that don't want what you want. God wants it way more than you do. God wants your family saved way more than you do. God wants the world around you way more than you do. So you might be believing for salvation for your family. Well, God wants it too. You might be believing for for breakthrough in an area of your life or in your business or whatever activities you're engaged in with the week. Well, God wants it more than you do. You might be believing provision. Well, God has made the way. One name. One name holds every victory. One name. One voice that silences the enemy. One king who reigns for all eternity. What's his name? His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus and it is the name that is above every other name. It's the name that is above the circumstance that you are going through at the moment. 
brings me to the throne. You know the throne is a seat of judgment? The throne is a place of authority and from the beginning of time until the, the end of time, the throne is a seat of judgment. That's where the king sits to rule and to pass judgment, to make laws and to make decisions and to issue decrees that must be obeyed. That's what the throne is there for. And God says, I want you, my people, to come boldly into my throne room where is situated the throne, the seat of judgment. Why, why is God asking us to come boldly? Because everything else has already been dealt with at the cross. Everything else has already been dealt with at the cross so that you and I are able to come boldly before the seat of judgment. Boldness. That's what God says that you and I can have and confidence when we meet with God and spend time with God. We can come before the seat of judgment and ask Him for stuff. Ask Him for things. We've received the fire. Pastor Jason preached an incredible message last week. We've got the fire, we've received the fire, now we've got to use it. Now we've got to take that fire out into all the world. Come on, can I encourage you? Let's start to pray prayers that are worthy of the cross. Let's start to pray prayers that are worthy of the sacrifice that our Jesus paid to make it possible for you and I to come with boldness into the very throne room of God. Let's start to pray prayers that attract the attention of Jesus. Pray prayers from faith not from fear. You see, it was faith that caused Jesus to marvel. It was faith that caused the greats to be named. What prayers are you praying? Can I encourage you? It's okay to pray for the small things in life, but God is asking us as the church to also pray big prayers. Pray prayers that are bold prayers. Pray prayers that are audacious Sun stand still prayers. Do you, do you, do you think that that Joshua stopped for a moment and thought about the science behind what he was asking God to do. Because he wasn't actually asking God to cause the sun to stop moving. God had to cause earth to stop spinning on its axis so that the sun appeared to stand still. Can you imagine what that caused God to have to do so that chaos did not come into the world around us? Because tides are what? They are controlled by the pull of the gravitation of the moon. You see, what, what, what he asked God to do, he didn't stop and say, God, I, I don't know if this is even possible. God, I don't, I don't even know if I'm allowed to ask you to do this. God, I don't know if this is gonna affect people around me or around the world. God, I don't know if I'm even allowed to ask you to do this. No, he didn't ask any of those prayers. He just said, I need the sun to stand still so that I can win this back this battle and see victory come through. Our God can do the impossible. He can do the impossible. We can see the impossible happen in our life if we just start to pray the prayers to a God who can do it. Come on.
God, you are a restorer and I know that you're gonna restore my broken relationship with my children. God, you are the provider and I know that you are able to and will meet all my needs. I will have more than enough. I will give to you because I know that you are faithful. I can trust you. You will come through for me. God, you are a miracle working God. God, bid me come to you walking on water. God, let me see this cancer shrivel up and die. God, let me see this addiction defeated in my life. God, let me see this demonic attack on my mind cease. Give me freedom from this lie. Give me freedom from this bondage. God, let me see my miracle with the impossible become possible. Let this permanent sickness or permanent disability be removed from my life. God, give me the nations. God, let me see my family come to church this year. God, let me see breakthrough in my workplace in in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, you are praying the prayers that you pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, Jesus Christ. He's the living God, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who has all the universe wrapped up in the palms of His hand. He is able to do what you and I need Him to do. We gotta start to pray prayers that are worthy of His sacrifice on the cross. The world around us needs us to do it. Come on, He's the mighty one, the strong tower, the conqueror of death, the redeemer of my soul, the lover and defender of my heart, when you pray a prayer and you finish it in the name of Jesus Christ, you are praying with something that carries power and weight and authority and you can see the impossible become possible. Come on, we need to stop asking God if He wants to. He is willing. He's always been willing and He's still willing. Come on, stop asking God if it's okay or if He wants to do it or if, or, you know, Lord, God, you know, I'm not sure maybe if you could just find some time or it's like, don't, don't make God small at the start of your prayer because it's not gonna develop faith in your prayer to then believe for the very thing that you need Him to do. God didn't ask us to question him first before we ask him. God doesn't need us to put him on trial before we ask him for the things that we're gonna ask him. Joshua didn't check. He didn't even check if it was doctrinally correct. He just asked God if he could make the sun stand still. It's incredible. You know, Peter, after he preached that prayer, he, he starts to walk around and do the very opposite of what the world had told him that he wasn't allowed to do. And he just continues to preach the gospel and to, to do the things that God has asked him to do. And he, he starts to even just, not, not even just pray prayers, but, but start to act them out in faith. He grabs this guy one time by the hand who is lame, prays a prayer over him, and then pulls him up. And the Bible says that, as Peter pulled him up, the miracle took place. We've got to believe that our God can do what we are asking him to do. 
You see, when Joshua prayed that prayer, he truly believed that God could do it. He truly believed that nothing was impossible for God. My God, nothing is impossible for my God. God, help me to pray prayers that honor your sacrifice. God, help me to pray prayers that are worthy of the cross. Can I get the band to come back up? I remember a moment here many years ago, straight over the side of the auditorium. About where you are, Phil. This guy had come to church and he had a broken wrist. He wasn't able to perform his work duties. It just happened that my older brother was around me at that moment. And so we said, well, can we pray for you? He's like, yeah, I'd love that. If I could be healed, I could, I could go back onto my full duties and, and like get my full pay again. That would be incredible. He just laid hands on his wrist, said in the name of Jesus, be healed. He said, he goes like this. It's like walking away from us. What, what did you do? He's like shaking it, walking away from us, instantaneously healed by the power of God because our God can do the impossible. If he created it, come on, he can do it again. Come on, if, if He has spoken it into existence once, He can keep on speaking it again and again. There is nothing impossible for the God that you and I serve. Come on, I, I remember receiving the, the answer answer to the, to the request of the calling of my life just over here in this, in this little patch of carpet here. It took me months and months and months when I was offered the position here to become the youth pastor. It's like, God, God, I don't know if this is, if it's my calling or if it's just a need because a need doesn't constitute a calling. Internal torment for three and a half months. But it was here that I prayed. You know, at the start of that night, I decided in my heart, no, it's not for me. The laying hands on me too young. That's the verse I found. I was holding on to it. It resonated with me. I was tossing to and fro. And God just spoke back to me so clearly when I prayed to Him. He said, Joe, if you don't continue to walk in my will, the blessings will cease. I still remember it word for word. I'm looking around like, is anyone else getting in on this personal audible word for me? No one was, but it was so crystal clear faithfulness I've seen of God in my life time and time and time again in car accidents and moments where I could have died and, and just seeing God come through again and again and again. Come on, you can trust in the faithfulness of God. Sometimes we can't see it with our physical, physical eyes. But come on, it's not by sight. It's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Come on, you gotta to start to dream and believe for the things that only God can do in your life and start to pray those prayers that are worthy of the cross. It's all an answer to prayer. It's taking the Word of God, believing it, asking for it, and then acting it out. Come on, once upon a time, we had to go to the altar and to sort stuff out, but Jesus came and took that away from you and I. 
and said, come boldly into my throne room. Start to ask for things that only I can do. Come on, in 2022, start to dream dreams again. Start to have vision in your life for the stuff that only your God can do through you. Start to believe that you can be the boss in your workplace. Start to believe that you can have the relationship that you want to have in your life. Start to believe for the breakthrough and the miracles that you know that it would take God to do that for me. And start to pray those prayers. The sun stands still prayers in your story, in your day. Come on, what are you believing for? What do you wanna see? Not in fear, not just the little prayers that are okay, but pray in faith. Declare it, speak it out, prophesy, pray, ask and believe.